Welcome to Currents, your leading global voice of maternal feminism. As maternal feminists, we are inviting you to join us, using our voices in the public square for the things that deeply matter, our faith, our families, and our maternal identities. The Currents podcast aims to gather women who are deliberate thinkers and women who are prepared to engage as powerful forces for good in our homes, our communities, and our world. Welcome to Currents, the podcast of Big Ocean Women. I'm your host, Dana Robb, and joining me from our podcast team today as co-host is Shannon Russell. Hi, everyone. Good to be with you today. We also have Grace Rajay and Andrea Garn joining us, a mother and daughter duo who've been a part of Big Ocean pretty much from the onset. Andrea is a licensed therapist, and the two of them have some valuable insights to share about our topic today. Welcome, Grace. Hi, yeah, I'm so excited to be talking about this today. And Andrea. Hi. All right, so let's start by discussing what you've got you started with Big Ocean and how long you've been a part of this network of women. I'm curious, out of the two of you, who joined first? I guess that would be me. I met Carolina Allen through a homeschool group and she, I was actually a teenager at the time and she was my, it was like a world news economics class that she was teaching. Um, And I enrolled kind of last minute and we actually really clashed heads at first because I was this teenager that wanted to like rebel against whatever I could, you know, Um, and she just like treated me with so much respect. And I I was really impressed by that. And then she told me about her organization um, that she had just started because this was like seven, eight years ago. And she wanted me to come and be involved. And so I started with with a youth cottage that way. And then the following year, I attended um, as a youth delegate to the UN, and then I've been filling various roles ever since. I just love my Big Ocean family. It's been a huge constant for me. Awesome. Yeah, I think we may have been at the UN together. Was that 2016? Was that your first year or 2017? Maybe 2017, I think. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And Andrea, tell us a little bit about how you've been involved, how long you've been apart. Yeah, it was about the same time. So we had a homeschool group and Carolina was part of that group. And so we taught our kids together. They had different classes that the parents got together and taught. And so I learned of the organization she was starting. I thought it was amazing. But I think we really got involved when Grace decided she wanted to go to the UN and the whole family kind of got in her fundraiser with her. She made cinnamon rolls. And went around door to door selling them. So that was a family project. (laughs) Then we really learned the power of the things she was doing and got excited about it. And we also really learned how to make cinnamon rolls. (laughs) Cinnamon rolls to save up for the flight. So that's a bonus. (laughs) I love that. We like to pull in some of our Big Ocean members occasionally to share how they have benefited from the tenets of Big Ocean. And so why don't we go into what our discussion is today? Shannon, will you share with us what our tenant discussion is on today? Sure, I'd be happy to. So Big Ocean Woman has a monthly tenant um, that guides the topics that we discuss here on this podcast. And this month's tenet is that we recognize and follow our internal compass to speak and act with integrity. And so some people might say, well, what what does that mean? What does that mean exactly? And so some have described it uh, maybe as a voice of our conscience, letting us know what to do day by day. 
Others maybe have referred to this internal compass as an inner voice or intuition, but it really doesn't matter however one identifies or describes this feeling. Uh, one thing is certain, it is like your own personal language, if you will. The more you learn to understand this language, speak it, and, and more importantly, act upon it, the better your choices become. So whether uh, those choices are being made in the, the best of times in your life or maybe not so fun or the hardest times of your life, choosing to listen to your inner compass will help you to heal and it will allow you to feel the most beautiful joy that there is to offer in your life. For sure. I love the way that we describe our intuition as an inner compass because it really is that guide that's coming from within and we are women of faith, so we believe we're being guided by God, by our Savior. And I love this topic. So I'm so excited to have Grace and Andrea here to share that with us. Andrea, would you share with us how you discovered your internal compass or how you've used it to overcome challenges in your life or guide you? I think as a woman and in our culture, it's not something that we are necessarily taught when we're little you know, we, we go to school and you're taught to sit down and listen and um, follow what the teacher says. And so I think it was, it's been a gradual thing over the years, but one thing I can really look back and see my journey to become a therapist was not what I thought it was going to be. But as I followed that compass, I got a bachelor's degree in 1998 and worked as a social worker and had planned to get a master's but as I had children, I would, I applied and got into a program in 2008. And then my husband was deployed with the military. I had five little kids and it felt like I needed to be home at that time and to let that opportunity go. And so I followed that intuition. And then I, I had applied a couple different times and something would happen. And then the last time, well, the second to last time I applied, I actually had an experience where I felt divinely led to study with midwives hmm. and that was not my plan, but I followed that. I followed that intuition and everything kind of fell into place. I found a midwife to apprentice with. I became a birth doula. Six years into that, uh, UVU opened up their master's program and I just knew it was time. Now it was finally time. And I applied and got in and, and got that master's degree. What I can see looking back is the way that things happened. It allowed me to be available to homeschool my kids. It allowed some things that wouldn't have happened otherwise. And it made me a different kind of therapist to have those experiences of teaching my children to find their inner compass through the different kinds of schooling that we did. and then. To be able to sit, I sat through over a hundred birth experiences, supported those through for other people. And that taught me so much about holding space and allowing natural processes, allowing the waves, even though they may have pain or intensity, to to hold space and love to allow that to happen is so healing and has made me such a different person and different therapist. I think it's interesting how we have this path lined out for us and we know what direction we want to take. And 
I haven't been guilty of this where I just try to push through the obstacles there, but sometimes those obstacles for our benefit, like the fact that your husband was deployed and you're feeling impressed that now is not the time to go back to school or to pursue this opened up different doors and all of it led you to be in a better place to be, like you said, the therapist that, that you were meant to be. I think that's so cool. Also, I think there's power in the example that you set for your family and the timing of it. It allows them when they're coming to these, you know, forks in the road, if you will, to be able to rely on their internal compass a little bit more because you set such a beautiful example of, of that. And, and then they've been able to see maybe the results of the positive results for yourself and for your family by listening and, and kind of honoring your internal compass. Yeah, absolutely. I hope so. That's what we want most, isn't it? As moms is that our kids find their compass and find their connection with love. And yeah, that's what we want. Yeah. And it really is a journey. It's, it's a process. So Grace, tell us a little bit about your story. How did you come to find your internal compass and how did your mom guide you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can definitely attest to my mom's experiences contributing not just to her work as a, as a therapist, but also as a mother. After she got into midwifery and being a doula, she it's kind of like a running joke in my family that she compares everything to birth. Everything has to be an analogy about birth. You know, I went through a breakup in my early college years and she's like, it's just like birth. You just have little contractions come and go. So me and my siblings are always teasing my mom about that. We're like, it's not like birth at all. Like, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. Right, mom? You feel like you're right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> birth is an analogy for everything. It's beautiful. And, and any natural process, death process, actually, as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like we see a lot of patterns like that. And so anyway, it's just, yeah, it's opened up a lot of space. And I think, I mean, also just with the homeschooling, like my mom was such a super mom while we were homeschooling. I remember there was this one year that we have five kids in my family and every single kid was going to a different school. We would wake up early and she would make breakfast for everybody. And then she would make sure every single kid got to school on Mm -hmm. time at all these different locations. And then she had to pick up every kid. It was a lot, but she, it was her priority that we went to the school where we felt like um, we were able to accomplish the most and learn the most in our learning style. And I think that a lot of people would just be like, that is just so not worth it. You know, (laughs) like just do, but, but because my mom was willing to um, like really foster a culture in our home where she allowed us to listen to what we needed all of my siblings are at least I feel like we're all really successful people and I think that we can credit a lot of that to the way that my mom fostered that Mm -hmm. that agency that allowed us to really look inward yeah that's really incredible Andrea that you allowed them to experience that and to tap into their internal compass themselves and even things like big ocean you know like I started that when I was 16 not not most teens would be able to do that but because of my mom's parenting style it allowed me to get into big ocean and into nonprofits, and that's what like now that's what I'm majoring in international relations like that's kind of the direction I'm headed with my life because my mom allowed me to do that I don't know very many teenagers that could have done that I think incredible one thing that was a little tricky for me is that So I was actually uh, a victim of childhood sexual abuse at a really young age. And so 
while of course my family, like we did what we could to foster that connection um, with our internal compass, there are just certain things like trauma that kind of disconnect those two. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we learned, or I learned at a very young age about how dissociation works and how that can be a huge obstacle in the way of being able to understand your body, understand your mind, understand your identity. You know, growing up with that, it was really hard to grasp those concepts that are common for the developmental stage that I was in. And so now with my mom being a therapist and I've been through therapy and all these things, we're able to look back and identify what those are. Mm. And so as we're talking about finding your inner compass and learning to listen to it, I thought it would be really important to bring that up for any listeners to maybe be able to identify times of dissociation in their life, especially if they've been through some trauma, um, maybe even especially childhood trauma. And and my mom is going to kind of give her expertise on actual things you can do to help combat that, to help reconnect with your inner compass. Perfect. Yeah, I'd love to go into that. Andrea, can you explain what disassociation is? Yeah, Grace and I felt like this really goes along with finding your inner compass because it's hard to listen to what your body is telling you um, when there's dissociation, when there's trauma. So it just, it takes more practice and, and more love to get those answers. But these are some things you might be experiencing. Loss of memory. We all forget things, but this is kind of a different level and along with other things. Um, spaciness. Your body may feel bloating, even like pain. Um, mm-hmm. Inflammation. That's the word I was thinking of. Um, Headaches. Yeah. Yeah. Can, you know, they can also be a medical something that you would want to check out, but they can be associated with dissociation. And so can fatigue, um, not being able to notice hunger cues and tired cues, just not being in touch with what your body's saying to you, being unable to identify your emotions. So if somebody says, how are you feeling? And you're like, I don't know. Am I happy? Mm-hmm. Am I sad? You aren't in touch with what's going on in your emotions or in your body. And sometimes you might feel like you're in that fight or flight state all the time. So heart racing, um, shallow breathing, kind of shaky, things like that. Those can all let you know. And just a feeling of being disconnected. Yeah. Yeah. So these symptoms are all a sign that maybe there's something going on that you need to address first in order to be able to tap into your intuition, your internal compass. Yeah. And just notice what was being discussed or what happened before you started feeling those things. And that can give you a clue that you can take into therapy, um, meditation and kind of notice why am I reacting that way to this topic or to this situation? Yeah. And as a therapist, what do you recommend then to navigate dissociation? Really quick. Can I give another quick example? Yeah. This can manifest. So in my case, because I was abused at a young age, we weren't able to really understand what was happening. I wasn't able to understand what was happening yet. So for me, it really manifested in my sleep. I had a really hard time sleeping and I still do. So Mm -hmm. this is another, you know, this is like this almost like chronic avoidance of being with yourself, being with your subconscious, being with any sort of 
space that could help you connect with your inner compass. Um, like trauma can get in the way of that. And another thing, like my mom talked about feeling a loss of hunger cues or tiredness cues, or even I got sick a lot as a kid. So even not being able, like so disconnected from your body, you can't quite tell if you're sick or healthy or hurt or not hurt or whatever. And I, in my early college years, this really manifested through an eating disorder because I was so out of touch with my hunger cues and what my body needed to be healthy that I manifested through other illnesses, I guess you could say. And so what was interesting going through therapy is learning that all of those things are actually connected. And as I continue to connect my mind and my heart and my body, a lot of these issues are a lot easier to tackle. I'm not saying that by healing dissociation, that like all of your joint pain is going to go away and, you know, you're just going to be healthy all the time, but definitely in, in eating disorder recovery, even just with basic anxiety management, understanding my body's cues has been one of the most helpful things and just, and just really, really tapping into that internal compass, almost like this reservoir of help and support that your body is desperately trying to give to you that our minds are just so shut off to. Yeah. I I don't think you're alone. Like I think so many of us tend to separate ourselves from the cues that our body is giving us. And I think that takes our discussion to another level. Like you're helping me see this internal compasses even on a deeper level that we have our body communicating to us and telling us what is going on and helping us to navigate some of the challenges or trials we were going through. I mean, personally, even me trying to figure out what kind of foods my body is okay with and not has made a huge difference in being able to live a healthier life. And I remember a certain time, uh, this is kind of a weird example maybe, but you know, making homemade bread and because that was supposed to be better for you than store-bought bread, you know, better than white bread. And so I'm making this homemade whole wheat bread. Then I learned about natural yeast and I started using natural yeast and I realized my body had been actually repelling this, this fast rising yeast. I, I completely pushing it away, but I was like, no, this is good for me. And I was ignoring those symbols. And, and once I learned, and I started making this bread with natural yeast, my body was like pulling me toward it and craving it. It was just a really interesting experience of identifying my body's cues. So beautiful. Absolutely. Our body really needs to feel trusted by our mind in order to, to continue communicating with us. Yeah. Right. It's just like any relationship. Like if I'm talking to my mom and, and she's trying to tell me things and I'm not being receptive to what she's saying, she's going to stop talking to me. She's going to stop giving me nudges when it's important for me to, or I'm in an unsafe situation or she thinks I could be doing something better. So just like any relationship, this, this has to be fostered and grown. And like you said, trying different things. I like that idea of fostering a relationship between your mind and your body. And even we could go further in with our heart and, and with our spirits, you know, all these aspects of ourselves as we communicate and, and work to become harmonious, then we can really um, achieve a much happier, successful life. Yeah, definitely. On that thought is um, remembering that everything is a system. You know, the universe is a system, our society our family and inside of ourselves, And so we are the manager of our heart and of our emotions and of the parts of us 
we are the manager of the parts of us that are holding on to the trauma and the parts of us that are protecting ourselves by holding on in different ways. And so as we find that inner compass, we're able to create safety in all of the systems and creating safety in our internal system can create it in our family and in, in the world. Absolutely. Yeah. That's Andrea, I love that you brought up the point that we have the power or to be the manager of those, of those things. Like, I think sometimes we, we look to external sources and those are important when you're trying to gather tools, right? But sometimes we put so much into the external sources that we deplete our own empowerment. And so I love that you brought that point up that we have that within us to, to heal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's and really the way we can heal. Nothing outside of us can do it for us. It's our work to do. And that's, that's very empowering and beautiful. Yeah. And I love how you mentioned that once you heal yourself, that works out into your family and then that will branch out into the community, into the world, which reminds me of another one of our tenants, which is the model of powerful impact. And as we work to heal ourselves and connect with our internal compass, then we are as default, we're naturally going to be healing our families and our communities. And I yeah. really like that you mentioned the safe space, creating a really safe space for ourselves. I think especially in my recovery and my healing with my dissociation, the biggest thing has been like mommy always talk about treating your body as if it was your friend, right? So like if you haven't eaten three meals a day, feed yourself. If you, if you aren't getting enough sleep, get some sleep, drink some water, making sure you're not too hot or too cold. That's going to stress your body systems out. And you have to like kind of take care, or I guess you, maybe you say like a baby. Yeah. Take care of yourself, you know, take deep breaths, take time in nature, find out what things help you feel calm and help you feel better and feed you just like you would find out what your child likes or what, what your plant needs to grow. And I don't know, did we talk about as a therapist, Andrea, what do you recommend going back to dissociation? What do you recommend to navigate that and to come back to wholeness? So number one is learning how to regulate your body. And there are apps with different breathing techniques. Um, and all of this is best done with someone to support you, with a therapist, with a support group, someone to help you practice. But there's so much information out there, which is awesome. Um, mindfulness and um, headspace are their different YouTube videos. So regulating your body, deep breathing. So we want to activate the vagus nerve. So you, you can look up vagus nerve and all the different ways to activate it using your voice, humming, singing, deep breathing. There's different ways to activate that. And yeah, shaking. Yeah, that's been a huge one for me. Yeah. Shaking so, again. Yeah, yeah, okay. I was going to say, explain that a little bit more. What do you mean by shaking? So movement, dancing, movement, sports, exercise, especially bilateral movement. So when you take a walk to sort something out, you're, that is literally therapy because okay. the movement of your feet back and forth is helping your mind untangle and process emotions and thoughts and feelings. That's pretty powerful. Just taking a walk, you're giving yourself therapy. Yes. 
it's connecting the two different sides of the brain, right? It's the limbic yeah. system and the frontal lobe that are able to communicate better. Yeah. And the, the bilateral movement. And that's something that, you know, as you find those deeper traumas and those things that you really want to dive into, you want to have a therapist supporting you through. Uh, some of my favorites are IFS, which is internal family systems, helping you find the system that's protecting the trauma, the trauma in your body. And it's actually having a conversation with those protective parts and those parts that are, um, and then having a conversation with the parts hanging on to the trauma and it's beautiful stuff. And then EMDR is another favorite that can disconnect your body from the physical reactions to the traumatic events, but find the thing that resonates with you. There are lots of ways to heal. Awesome. Thank you. That's some great advice. And then just practice lots of practice. It's, it's not a quick thing as you listen to your inner compass and take action on that, the voices will get stronger. You'll start to notice and pay attention um, to when you're feeling calm, when you're feeling connected to nature, connected to your family, connected to your higher power. Where are you feeling answers at that time? When you're feeling stressed, when you're feeling dissociated, where are the answers and the voices coming at that time? Mm. And to notice the differences in those voices that are coming in and where they're coming from. And as you follow the one that is peace and centered, it will become stronger. Nice. Yeah. I like that a lot. It's a process, but we can develop, you know, no matter where we're at, we can grow, we can improve, we can find healing. Yeah. Well, is there anything else that any of you would like to share any advice on identifying and developing this internal compass, utilizing it, any other experiences where you've benefited from, from your internal compass? Yeah. Um, not necessarily an example of where I've benefited from my internal compass, but just kind of contributing to this conversation. I think something else that's helped me to continue to connect is being surrounded by a community of women who also follow their inter internal compass. And that's where Big Ocean has been key, or even just like having a mom who understands these concepts. So she can kind of tell when I'm being dissociated and when I'm not totally connected with all mm -hmm. my systems. And she can even, you know, like respectfully, I don't want to say call me out on it, but kind of like point it out. And I think vice versa, like, and definitely just like with my friends, trying to surround yourself with people who are going to help create culture of connectivity is huge. And I think that's where Big Ocean can be just a huge service, like in our waves to understand these concepts, to be like somewhat trauma informed and just to encourage connectivity. Because you know what, like there, there's a lot of times when I'm searching for something internally and somehow it gets answered externally. Like I really do think that there's something connected about that and we don't necessarily need to go into that in this episode. So I think that'd be a whole nother conversation. But all the time I'm searching for something and then a friend will call me and say exactly what I needed to hear or just, just yeah. something. In fact, that even happened this morning. I was on a call um, with Carolina and Anne and, and Nicole and Carolina just brought up something that was kind of stressing her out um like these anyway just just something in her life that's been stressing her out and it was a huge answer to something I was thinking about just that morning 
And so I think just, yeah, just surrounding yourself with people who, who are intentionally trying to tap into that inner compass is Mm -hmm. huge support. Definitely. Yeah. That's such a good point. You're so smart. Yeah. A hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. Find people because there are different vibrations with the things that we do and, and the way that we approach life and gratitude and love and surrounding yourself will help you stay in that place. Not that no, we're always going to feel that, but just reiterating what you said, uh, mom, just about like, at the end of the day, it is your job, of course, but it's always so uplifting to be around people that honor your pursuit mm-hmm. of being more connected with your body. So I think, I think sometimes, especially when you're feeling dissociated, at least when I'm feeling dissociated, I'm so quick to blame. And at the end of the day, like it is your connection, your relationship to monitor and manage, just like you're saying, but the things, it's also our choice to surround ourselves with people that are open and that are moving forward. And of course we love everyone where they are, you know, we've all been stuck and we love everyone where they are, but those mirror neurons are going to pick up on what other people, yeah, and find answers and, and people that are in a state of moving forward in a state of searching will help us find answers as we are also searching and moving forward and learning and growing. Yeah. So it can't be disconnected. This, this quest to become more in tune with our selves can't be disconnected from the connections we need to have with other people. It, it goes hand in hand. It supports each other. That's what I was trying to say. (laughs) That's exactly it. Just like with the model of powerful impact, it's also happening with our internal compass. That's also not just a one place kind of thing. That's also a big system, big picture sort of system. Also, when we're disassociated, learning kind of stops, meaning the growth within ourselves kind of stops and we kind of kind of get stuck where we're at and, and it's like a spiral downhill, right? Like we like the thoughts become deeper and and, and we and everything turns inward in a negative way. And so I love that you guys are talking about like surrounding yourselves with people who can understand where you are, but also influence you to, which will help bring you out of that. And I mean, we all want to feel joy and we cannot feel joy when we're being disassociated from different areas of our life. I know that there have been times where um, I've gotten stuck, as you had said, Andrea, that we've all, we all get to that point sometimes. Um, And I, and I disassociate, like I don't, like I go back to old patterns from old traumas and it does not bring me joy. It is the opposite. And I start playing the blame game and I find myself going further and further. How do I say this? Being stuck inwards, like just not being able to kind of reach out. However, when I become more intentional with whom I'm surrounding myself, what I'm reading, why I'm acting the way I'm acting, why I'm disassociating from what I'm, you know, whatever it is that's causing that, I'm able to hear my internal compass much more proficiently and act upon it and pull myself back out of that. Yeah. And your internal compass will lead you to whatever the next step that is right for you. If it's a kind of therapy, like there, there are so many different things, but your compass is the one that knows what's the next step for your body and your path. 
Yeah. yeah. And one, one quick thought I just had that was something I wanted to touch on earlier and I totally forgot. We were talking about grief. Like I know when I've gone through times of grief, we know that all those stages of grief are necessarily linear. Sometimes like you'll bounce back. And one thing is I was, I was really struggling this one time with, as I was recovering from my eating disorder and I was grieving, I don't know, it was probably a breakup to be honest. <laughs> But, um, and, and I didn't want to eat and I was like, no, I'm, I'm like going back into my old eating disorder habits because I'm like restricting and all these things. And then, um, I was talking to my therapist and she reminded me that our body will shut down our hunger cues as a way to preserve energy when we're grieving. Like our body is so smart. It's so smart. And then that really gave me a lot of hope because she said, you know, when your appetite is coming back, that means that you're making progress in the grief cycle. And so it actually made me excited to eat where normally when you're in recovery, that's not something that's really exciting. But as my appetite started coming back and I wanted to eat more, I was like, yes, I'm healing. I'm doing it. I was just listening to my body because my body knows that when you're sick, you need to sleep a little more. And that's the same when you are grieving, you probably need to sleep a little more, or sometimes you need to sleep a little less. It's, it's really like her person. But I would like something that I've been learning is just don't push it. Like if you're tired, sleep. If you're hungry, eat. No matter the time of day or whatever, just listen because your body knows. And just like what you were talking about, Dana, like your body knows the kind of yeast it needs. You know, my body knows that I respond better to some vegetables, less to some other foods. So just really, really tapping into what just like what my mom was saying like what feels peaceful and connected and that is going to be the most surefire exponential way to heal and to accelerate in life than if you're always pushing against what your body is wanting women we're always we're always like leaving labeling ourselves as lazy for not wanting to get up more or something but turns out women actually need more sleep than men there's a lot of hormone specialists that are learning that and you know, other things like there are so many other factors. And when we just listen to our body, we're able to actually progress. There's just so much resistance when it comes to our internal compass. And it sets us back so far. Yeah, I like that. I'm glad you said that we need to listen to our internal compass. We need to connect with it. Well, thank you, everyone. I think this has been a great conversation. I've enjoyed all your insights. And I feel more empowered walking away to focus a little bit more on my internal compass and check in with my intuition. So thank you. Just a reminder for all of our listeners, we'd love to have you join us in a big ocean wave. You can start one in your community if there's not one locally or find a local wave, become a part. Uh, wave stands for women achieving vast empowerment. And we want everyone to be, we want everyone to join us and we all have a contribution to make. So thank you. Join us again next time. Thank you. You have been listening to Currents, a podcast by Big Ocean Women. You can find us on the internet at bigoceanwomen.org, on Instagram, and on Facebook. We are each one powerful drop in a big ocean of change. Join us in one of our local chapters, Waves, or Women Achieving Vast Empowerment. Our music is First Rain by Ian Post. Editing and production is by Fifth East Productions. Please join us again next week for in-depth discussion about interesting ideas 
and about people who are trying to make a difference in their communities. <laughs>